Welcome back in everyone to another fantastic episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We have a fabulous, fabulous show in store for you today. Joining us, we have the founding artistic director of the Neurodivergent New Play series, Anthony J. Pincioni, who's here to talk to us about this series as it starts up in September. It'll be playing the third Sunday of each month at 2 p.m. at the Vino Theater, which is at 274 Morgan Avenue in Brooklyn. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting sourgrapesproductions.com. And we are so excited to learn more about about this new play series, this neurodivergent new play series. So let's bring on the man with all the answers and information, Anthony J. Piccioni. Welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you. It's really great to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be talking about this new play series and all that's coming with it. Thank you so much for reaching out to us about this. So let's start by having you tell us and our listeners a little bit about what the neurodivergent new play series is and is about yeah i mean i i almost feel like the title makes it kind of self-explanatory to some extent or another but yeah i mean more specifically we're dedicated to presenting full-length plays play readings of full-length plays by neurodivergent playwrights every month at the vino theater in brooklyn so neurodivergent that would mean for those who don't know autistic adhd OCD, dyslexia, Tourette's, you go to our play submission, we have a list of different terms that we consider neurodivergent. And that's, and we also have another one that says other. So, but anyone who isn't quote unquote neurotypical, because, you know, like I've been producing my own plays here in New York for about seven years now. Coincidentally, September, 2016, when I first moved here was actually the closing date of the curious incident of the dog in the nighttime, which I remember seeing that show on Broadway, actually, like before I even moved to New York City, I had the chance to go see it. And, you know, it was a great production. I still have a lot of respect for Simon Stevens, but I also have mixed feelings in the sense that I think back to like my early days as a playwright and in terms of who my influences were, quote unquote, like I kind of had to look elsewhere to like neurotypical artists. And I really felt alone, really, at first, like in terms of like I, I wasn't. I wasn't like a secret that I was autistic early on in my career or anything like that. Like my first full length play that I wrote was really about that. But at the same time, it, it felt lonely to the point where like I couldn't really talk about it in a conversation. And I remember one day there was actually a show I was doing and one of the actors came up to me. I'm not going to say who, but they said, I think you and I have the same neurodivergent and energy, quote unquote. That was the term they used. And me being the idiot that I am, assuming they were like not autistic, I was like, no, I have autism. I don't think so. And then and then this person was like, no, I'm autistic. And then later we have a whole entire conversation because, you know, like I went on and how like it feels felt lonely, at least on my end. And, you know, around the time it got me thinking, like, wait a minute, like I could be doing a lot more for other people who are autistic or for that matter, people who if they're struggling with like ADHD, OCD, I've, I've met quite a few people with OCD who have done really well in the theater industry. So, you know, it's like, so in terms of what the Neurodivergent New Play series ended up being, it's dedicated specifically to neurodivergent playwrights. And the plays are all selected individually by a resident company of neuro-inclusive directors. So the majority of them identify as neurodivergent 
And yeah, we're, I'm still waiting for a lot of the castings for some of the later plays. Obviously, we just finished casting the first one. And yeah, I feel like I'm going to keep talking in circles. But yeah, it's dedicated to neurodivergent playwrights because, you know, there are a few companies that focus on neurodivergent theater out there now, but not enough specifically to neurodivergent playwrights like myself. And as long as I'm in a position at this point in my career to do something about it, why not try, right? Exactly. Yes. I love that. Now, you you sort of touched on it, but I want to dive a little bit more into it. Where did you get the idea or the inspiration to start this play series? It, it, I mean, it, it, I feel like this is, <laughs> I know this is like a cliche way of putting it, but like I feel like this really is one of those ideas that I've had in my head for a little while now. It's just like, you know, like when you're just like, a young 23 year old playwright who just moved to New York, you're not really in a position to start your own play series of your own in a theater venue that's dedicated. I mean, it's not dedicated. Like we have a bunch late night. That's a whole nother topic, but you know, I wasn't really in a position to do it at the time. And, you know, like I just mentioned that conversation with that actor, like, you know, it's not like it occurred to me. It's not like it was a Eureka moment or anything like that. But after that show ended, I spent a lot of time thinking like, okay, what do I want to do next with my career? I know I want to keep doing my own plays, but, and, you know, I've been doing another festival, the Talking Out Festival, which had been on Zoom and, you know, will hopefully evolve into in-person later. But, you know, I wanted to do something that was more specific to that. At first I was thinking, because I'd already taught a playwriting class elsewhere, maybe I'll teach like, maybe I'll start like a playwriting school for neurodivergent students. But then I thought to myself, a, I've only taught one playwriting class, at least at that time I had when I was first thinking of it. And B, my heart is just in presenting plays, like just for the sake of presenting plays on stage, really. Even like, obviously, like I love the full theatrical experience, um, but really new works is where my heart is. And, you know, like and also like it's New York City. And like you think like, you know, like I'm 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 not saying like there aren't other companies out there that are dedicated to neurodivergent playwrights, but you know, it's like in terms of New York City specifically, like you would think there's a company that's specifically dedicated to playwrights who are neurodivergent. And yeah, so it wasn't really like a one moment where I thought of the idea. It's kind of like a bunch of various moments over the course of whole, my whole life and career. But, you know, eventually I was able to get in touch with Jenny Osco, who's who runs the Vino Theater, and she's been very helpful and very gracious in terms of hosting us. I have nothing but nice things to say about her. And yeah, we're very lucky in that we already have five plays announced. We actually have three more that we're currently finalizing, like for from April to June. But, you know, I'm hoping we'll get to announce those and maybe a few others toward the end of the year. But I know that's a long, windy answer to your question, but anyone who's ever worked with me before knows that's just how I roll. <laughs> no, it's a fantastic answer. I love it. And it also kind of helps to lead into my next question, which is what has it been like developing this series? I mean, you've already mentioned that you're you're planning to take it beyond what you originally planned. You know, mm-hmm. what, what is it like putting everything together and finding these great works that you're putting on? I mean, I, I started planning it technically like in it actually ended up being more of an open secret than I hoped it would be at the time it was, it was actually a funny story like I had started interviewing directors in like December 2022 like like Maggie Dunn for example like who is going to be directing our first play in September like I interviewed her in actually I interviewed her in January but she reached out in December and we started playing in December like and same is true for a few of our other first directors 
And, you know, so this has kind of been in the works for a while. I had a, a, a few announcements planned for like certain days after that, but so it's been like a rollout, but like, you know, this is one of those things that like I, we've been quietly been in the works on this for months because, you know, you don't want to just come out with this like tomorrow. Otherwise it will be a mess. I've seen companies that have tried to do that before. Sometimes they're able to make it work. I don't know how, but you know, you know, not to fit into the whole autism stereotype or anything, but I like to have my routines and my structures, especially in certain cases, you know, if I'm writing, I don't give a shit about structure, but in terms of production, the older I get, the more I understand why there are certain structures in place for why producing is done a certain way. So, you know, I've been planning this for months with my directors in terms of reaching out with the playwrights we've been doing. And, but, you know, like so far, like, you know, it's still very early in the process. So like, I don't want to, I'm trying to be careful, like what I say too much about the whole process, like, because like, you know, like, and plus anyone who's been doing this for a while, they know how stressful producing is always, even if it's rewarding in the end. But, you know, so far, I'm I'm very pleased with the people we have and that it's all good vibes. It's all just people who want to create art for the sake of creating art, who want to send a positive message with the work we're doing. And what more can I ask for than that? You know? Yeah, I love that. That is fantastic. What a great thing you're you're constructing and putting together, though. That's amazing. Now, okay. I know that each month we'll see a different show. So the answer to this question will change month to month with show to show. But for you and this festival, is there a thought or a message that you're hoping audiences will leave from this festival with? Yeah, I mean, I guess just the fact that, like, you know, it's cliche to say, but, like, the fact that there is no one way of right or wrong way of being neurodivergent and also i guess broadly speaking you know like we talk about like autism awareness like nobody's unaware that autism exists i always say like you know and i also personally would like to see more than autism acceptance because acceptance is kind of just like saying like we tolerate you but we don't really give a shit about you that's kind of what acceptance is when you really boil it down to it. i'm not saying that's what people mean when they say autism acceptance but like what I the word I've been trying to get into word lately is neurodivergent empowerment, because I want people to actually reach out to neurodivergent artists instead of just us just being like convenient subject matter for neurotypical artists or worse like propaganda posters for hate groups like Autism Speaks or whatever you know. So that's really what we're all about. We want neurodivergent artists to actually take over this movement. And you know, like there's been a lot of talk in theater, which I think is great in terms of representation amongst female playwrights, amongst playwrights of color, amongst trans playwrights, you know. But, you know, I haven't seen as much about neurodivergent and disabled playwrights. And, you know, like, obviously, there's a whole bunch in terms of representation, like we can get into that's a whole nother conversation. But, you know, as long as we're having these conversations, I kind of want to throw in the word neurodivergent into the mix a bit more, because I'm not hearing it. I'm not saying I'm not hearing it from anyone. But I think we can hear it said a bit more. You know, because, and especially because for someone like me, like, you know, that's, I remember the first time I heard Neurodivergent, like, it was actually from, like, I want to say it was, like, a YouTube commentator or someone like that, like, who was also on the spectrum. And I was like, I was born in the wrong generation, wasn't I? You know, like, I just think that to myself. And, you know, like, and as you said, like, in terms of the specific plays, like, all the plays are different, like, some where them are more comedic, others are more dramatic, others are more experimental in terms of their structure than others. Like in November, we're doing a science fiction play, for example. And, you know, like we're doing a queer comedy that's inspired by Frankenstein in March. So, you know, like 
our plays are all over the place. So, but, you know, obviously the message is going to be very different for all of them, but, you know, um, and I guess just one more thing about the directors, I'll just say is like, you know, as I said, like the directors get to choose each of the plays that we do. So like, you know, not only do we have a majority neurodivergent director company, but they are the ones who are picking the plays, each of the plays, they are personally getting to pick from the play submissions and they're all neurodivergent playwrights. So, and, you know, in terms of directors, that's not to say we won't have any neurotypical directors. If I see someone who really, really impresses me, who shares our goals, I won't say no to them. But, you know, I think the more we do this, the more perspectives we share, maybe a tiny difference can be made. And maybe more theater companies will also take a hint. Who knows? Yes. Your thoughts are actually echoed in a lot of guests we've had who have spoken to us about neurodivergent theater before, mm -hmm. especially in the representation end of it, you know? Yeah. It's something that I, as an avid theater go, never have thought about and never have heard about. And now that that's been put on my radar, I'm like, ooh, there's a group that we definitely, when we talk about inclusivity and diversity, we need to make sure to remember that. My final question for this first part is, who do you hope have access to this? Well, I mean, I know it's cliche to say everyone, but, you know, like, you know, I want everyone to come see this. Like, whether you're neurodivergent or whether you're neurotypical, if you have a friend or family member who is neurodivergent or, you know, if you just want to learn more or if you just want to see a play that looks interesting. Like, if you go to our ticket play page at SourGravesProduction.com, like, we have the list of the current plays we're doing in their summaries. Like, you know, like, if you see a play that just looks interesting and you just want to see it for the sake of seeing the play, that's a good reason right there. Like, you know, we want to fill the seats, like, so that we can keep doing this, obviously. So, say everyone, and, you know, if there are people, you know, like, who aren't in New York City right now, like, you know, if, I would love it if you could maybe plan a trip to see one of our readings sometime, like, you know, like, not saying don't go to Broadway too, but, you know, like, in addition, doesn't cost that much to come see us in Brooklyn, but, you know, at the same time, if you can't be there, we also have a live streaming option. You know, the nice, one of the nice things about the post-COVID era has been that, you know, we can keep going back to in-person theater like we were doing before, if not better. But at the same time, we also have a way to bring the arts to people who otherwise may not have had a chance to see our productions. Because like, you know, and especially like on the producer's end, like, you know, I'll be honest, I'm a low budget production company. Like we don't have the money at the moment to go touring to like Edinburgh or wherever. So, you know, as much as I love to do nationwide tours or international tours, like, but for now we have live streaming for whoever and the recording if all goes as planned will be up for two weeks afterwards so even if you're not there Sunday second part of our show we'd love to give our listeners a chance to get to know our guests a little bit better and i want to do that now and i want to start by asking you what or who inspires you what playwrights composers or shows have inspired you or some of your favorites i mean in terms of contemporary playwrights specifically like you know there are a few people like you know i mentioned simon stevens like now that i see curious incident i also act actually acted in one of his earlier plays called Pornography, which actually has nothing to do with pornography. It was the last play I ever acted in, but it's actually about the 2005 London bombings. And it's like a 
series of monologues that make up like one coherent ish story and it's really experimental and it's still one of my favorite plays Moises Kaufman is another great one like tectonic theater project in general like I remember seeing a production of the Laramie project years ago it's still one of my favorite if not my favorite play of all time and I just love like even when you put aside the fact that it's all based on a true story which makes it more powerful it's, it's one of the few plays I've seen where I actually I cried after I saw it but like just the idea of like showcasing it in like a documentary style format like you know because i'm i'm big into like experimental theater like like post-structural theater like different ways of telling a story in different orders like i love that and watching it something like that like on stage was really influential to me on a, as a playwright and as a producer in general sarah kane is another one in terms of my writing like the british in-your-face theater scene of the 90s like i remember reading blasted when i was in college and on the one hand being a male playwright i could never get away with writing a play like like that and i shouldn't but you know just the raw energy and how unapologetic she was in her writing and like her depiction of mental health in terms of the type of trauma and violence that like she that was clearly personal to her like that was very influential. Like I'm someone who's very big into mental health advocacy and, you know, in some ways I sort of see my own writing like as like, you know, a bit of an Americanized version of in your face theater. Sometimes I don't want to be too pretentious and like labeling it like that, but I have had those thoughts before. And, you know, if we go back way further, you can point to Brecht, you can point to Samuel Beckett, you know, some people who have seen my last play, One Empire Under God, they have correctly pointed out the influence of the ancient Greek tragedies and, you know, they're also non-theater people. Like, you know, like I've said before, Alan Moore is a big hero of mine. Like V for Vendetta in particular is like the best graphic novel I've ever read. J.R.R. Tolkien, I'm still a huge Tolkien nerd. I have a sign outside my apartment bedroom that says no admission except on party business. Some people listening will know what that means. You know, like I get my ideas from all over the place. I'm, I'm the kind of guy I feel like I like to tell my friends. I'm just as likely to get my ideas from listening to a Radiohead song or a David Bowie song as I am for like watching a Quentin Tarantino movie, a Christopher Nolan movie. I get my ideas from all over the place. You know, I could go on all day with my influences, but in terms of theater, film, literature, music, I think that's a pretty good sampling size. So, yeah. I love all that. Well, is there any great theater lately that you've seen that you might be able to recommend to our listeners? I had been working with Epic Players recently. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but I worked with them on a playwriting showcase recently, which we just finished. And I'm very proud of the students who were involved in that. You know, that's like the main theater highlight for me. What is your favorite part about working in the theater? Besides the creative process, I would say just meeting people from all different parts of the country and all different parts of the world. Like some of my best friends that I've met are from Colombia, from the Philippines, I've had friends from Singapore, New Zealand. I've even had a friend from Israel at one point. So, you know, like all over, like, and, you know, it's it's surreal to see like how many different types of people come here to New York with a lot of the same passions. Like, you know, like you can see like some of the cultural differences, like, and also the cultural similarities too. And like, you know, it's just really beautiful to see us all coming together. I think I know it's all like cheesy cliche stuff to say, but you know, like I, I'm, I, I was born in upstate New York. I grew up in Connecticut. You know, like very, very white where I was. Let's just leave it at that. 
but you know, like getting to be here in New York, you meet people from all over and, you know, for all the talk, again, for all the talk we've had of representation, there is a lot of diversity here in New York City. And I consider myself fortunate to have just been witness to it, like at all, and to have worked with some of the artists who are contributing to it. And I hope to continue to do so for many years, both as a writer and as a producer and other things, who knows, you know, I've been asked to direct a short play recently, so maybe that too. I love that. I love that. And, you know, when we were speaking before we started, I mean, theater is just, it's its own language. It can just transcend borders mm. and everything. So I love, I love that cheesy answer, as you say, because it is so perfect that you don't need to speak the same language to understand the story, which I just, yeah. you don't get that in every art form. You don't get that in yeah. any and other facet of life, you know? So. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, yeah, theater, like storytelling in general. Like, I think that's the reason why I love playwriting is like, I like being able to tell stories that send a message that, mm -hmm. you know, speak to people who need it most and maybe even transcend the yes. conversation. If, if I'm lucky enough to write or produce something that's particularly great, transcend it. So, you know, but that's not my place to judge. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we have arrived at my favorite question to ask guests, and that is, what is your favorite theater memory? Oh, I mean, I feel like the first, quote unquote, are usually what comes to mind when people ask me that question. So, you know, it could be my first drama club play in high school, which was, you know, as shitty as high school was. First drama club performance, you know. My first short play produced in New York at Manhattan Rep, you know, like, there are only four people, including myself in the audience, but still it was my first play in New York. And, you know, my my own play, play is a therapy session with myself, one empire under God, a bunch of one X, one of them won an award a few years ago, you know, and I'm sure by the time we get to my next play, that'll rank up there, too. And also the opening of the Talking Out Virtual Arts Festival and the play reading we did before COVID of that, too. You know, I've for those who don't know, the Talking Out Virtual Arts Festival is like a separate festival I've done on Zoom for mental health. And you know, I'm hoping to bring that back as both in-person and virtual sometime next year, but as like a hybrid sort of thing. So, you know, the first time we did that virtually in November 2020, that was special to me. And I'm sure next month, September, Neurodivergent New Play Series, our first reading there will, if it goes well, which I'm optimistic it will. I have faith that it will, but... I think that'll be another favorite. It'll rank somewhere up there too. It's hard for me to rank them, but like, you know, the first quote unquote. Yes. Yeah. I love those though. What wonderful memories. I love the next time we have you on, I want to dive more into those though. I'm all, I'm peaked with interest, you know, so that's amazing. I might have another show separately in January. So, you know, like maybe we can come back on then and we can talk more then. Yes. Well, and that is a great lead into my next question, which is, do you have any upcoming projects or productions that we might be able to plug? I mean, besides Neurodivergent New Play Series, I mean, I, I've been hesitant, like, publicly for a reason, because I'm not the kind of person who likes to announce too much, like, until it's ready. Having said that, since I kind of already alluded to it, I do have another full-length play called The Lone Wolf Society. We did a stage re of it at The Tank last year, and my plan is to do it hopefully sometime early next year at the Vino Theater where we're doing the Neurodivergent New Play series. And yeah, again, I'm, I'm hesitant to announce too much, but you know, like what I'm hoping sooner rather than later, I'll be able to announce that because, you know, it's, if you read the description for that, like it's, it's going to be a controversial play, but you know, 
if you look at my past works, I'm no stranger to controversy too, because sometimes you need it in order to send a message. So, and I think it's an important message that everyone can learn from. So. Well, finally, if our listeners would like more information about the Neurodivergent New Play series or about you, perhaps they'd like to reach out to you. How can they do that? Okay, so in terms of Neurodivergent Plays, you can find us at Neurodivergent Plays, literally at Neurodivergent Plays, on Instagram, Facebook, and Threads now. And you can also go to my website, which is www.anthonyjpiccioni.com. I post an email newsletter there that everyone can subscribe to that has updates on the Neurodivergent New Play Series, the Talking It Out Festival, my own plays, and hopefully some other plays that I'll get to produce from my playwright from, uh, from playwright friends, and sourbreaksproductions.com, which is the Vino Theater website, which is where our ticket link is. And I hope to see you all there. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Well, Anthony, thank you so much for taking the time today to speak with me about this wonderful new play series and about all the amazing work you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. My guest today has been the founding artistic director of the Neurodivergent New Play Series, Anthony J. Piccioni. The Neurodivergent New Play Series is starting in September and playing the third Sunday of each month at 2 p.m. at the Vino Theater, which is at 274 Morgan Avenue in Brooklyn. Tickets and more information are available at sourgrapesproductions.com. You can also get more information about Anthony or the Play Series by following the Play Series at Neurodivergent Plays. You can check out Anthony and all his amazing works by visiting his website, anthonyjpiccioni.com, or check out what's happening at the Vino or get your tickets by visiting sourgrapesproductions.com. We're going to have all this information posted on our episode description as well as on our social media post. But for right now, join us on the third Sunday of each month at 2 p.m. out at the Vino Theater to check out a great new play each month that will be part of the Neurodivergent New Play series. It's a great series to be supporting, a great series to take in, some wonderful theater. Get your tickets now, sourgrapesproductions.com. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater in a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you. Hey,